0: now to dryerbuzz.com and follow at dryerbuzz on twitter instagram and facebook it's all
1: about the buzz hello everybody and welcome to another edition of becoming becoming michelle obama hashtag we are becoming a podcast that's myself yolanda Lattimore, and then of course angela stalker you're gonna hear her voice in just a second this is uh the we're we're two weeks out no one week out Uh, Until Michelle Obama arrives in Atlanta. And we decided to do this podcast based on the fact that Atlanta is on the tour stop. And I know she has uh, visited a number of cities. And you guys have the same anxiousness as we have. Uh, When she comes to Atlanta, she will be in a larger venue. Actually, uh, our basketball arena. So, we, knowing that it's going to be something on that scale, Angela and I wanted to do something just to kind of bring it, home and and really go into the book and um just talk about it and man we have we have really un- unearthed some things and discovered some things and if there's a formula for first ladies, I think that there there is one out there um, what came through for us and what we're going to talk about today, if you listen to any of those before. Or if you go back and binge, like you're binging on Game of Thrones, missing for the context is I think this is what we grabbed on where our first lady talked about otherness, sameness, and togetherness. And while that wasn't their campaign strategy, it was something that came through and I think really should, should be their legacy. Angela, on you. Yes.
2: Um, And it, it absolutely. When we just look at the look at what they, what has been accomplished, right? What was accomplished in those eight years? What continues to be accomplished? And, you know, it's I, this is back to the you know the thing that everybody said once we transitioned to uh, to a new president is you don't realize how good you have it till, you, <laughs> till it's gone, right? <laughs> and it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, so. You think about how both, well, how the mm-hmm. entire Obama family elevated the presidency mm-hmm. and and created a legacy, and I feel like you know just, and we've talked about this many times now is they this was the first candidacy, so going back to you know when they start really campaigning in earnest, two thousand six, right for the two thousand eight campaign. That was using social media, right? They started mm-hmm. using social media platforms. They really had to navigate 24 hour news cycles in, in a way like we'd never seen before. And, but they all, but, you know, they, in the era of, I mean, they're talking about their blackberries, right? And the big thing was Obama had to give up his blackberry, you know, and Michelle talks about her blackberry. But, you know, looking at Michelle Obama, I feel like she created a legacy of, of what, again, each first lady gets to, do what she wants to do, right? Mm-hmm, but of mm-hmm. how a how a modern professional working woman who has a, an equally she's ambitious had an equally ambitious spouse. So how we're just going to call her a spouse? How the you know two ambitious spouses can work together, and that in her time in the White House, like they were seeing all this behind the scenes, that she harnessed some of the she was very forward thinking and harnessed these things that we have, you know, now that just are common, right? of how to stay connected, how to stay forward-focused, how to, how to navigate all this, and really sort of created a blueprint that mm-hmm. wasn't there. She did not have, Laura, you know, uh, Laura Bush, Hillary Clinton.
1: None of them I think uh, had, had, a, element had to deal of, with that. An element of being public. It's like you had, to, you had the news mm-hmm. cycle. The other ladies had to deal with the coming of age of this 24-hour news cycle. Uh, but still, there was a matter of which they could control. As mm-hmm. Even from the, the the daily, you know, White House press briefings, they, can, they the White House can still control the narrative on mm. that. This was the first time a first lady had to be public twenty four seven. Yes, you know, and, and understand. Not in, when I say public, I mean receiving feedback because you know you could come out and okay, this is the first lady's agenda today. This is the stops. These are the conversations. These are the points that she's going to hit, and all that. And they could control that narrative. But this was the first the first uh, governing body that had to wake up and, and truly hear the people have spoken. And this is what the people are saying and having access to everything. We yes. all we all had a way in a reach. In. I sitting here in my kitchen had to reach into the White House each and every day in my mind. And Mm -hmm. and in some form, reality, because there was response to things that I said and did here because the president's social media accounts followed me and I got a White House, a tweet from uh, a DM from the White House, you know, not only that, during the campaign, I remember getting, and, and I know, you know, some of these things, today it doesn't necessarily matter because, you know, the bots are out there. You say something, you tweet this, and that, and the other. You know, they've got these things that are respond to you. But then, in that time, knowing that, oh, there's a person that saw your comment and responded to you, uh, I remember on the campaign trail, I said something about... Um, john mccain i believe it was and i got a response but okay well what would you like to see and you know and it was more personal so this what they were the first even though trump tweets 24 mm-hmm. okay. 7 and and you know mm-hmm. he's
2: changed it i'm not I was gonna say i'm not right. I'm gonna say something positive i'm like yeah he's shifted i don't we're mm-hmm. now look at how all politicians are are on twitter now and right. that really was not as heavy a, as heavy of an engagement, so you know each probably each each administration henceforth mm-hmm, will mm-hmm. embrace technologies in a different way. But uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was just like, yeah, no, he sure changed that.
1: But right, because you know, when but, you think but, about it, it mm-hmm. all started with George Bush. Mm-hmm. George Bush. I mean, Twitter. Twitter was a thing when when George yes. Bush was president. The two trending topics uh, each day was, I lost my job. I lost my house. Those mm-hmm. were the top tweets under the, the Bush administration. And and so naturally, and I'm, I think there still was even some push to, because while the Obamas mastered social media when they were running, we, we saw it kind of hit a wall when they got into office. Because again, uh, yes. you know, they we have to have these walls, we have to have these bar- barriers. You know, the forefathers had no intention for the people to have as much power as they want, right? But mm-hmm. then, even, and still again look at how trump changed it you know it's like i don't know if he even he doesn't even look at the feedback you No, know, and, really that, and that's and that's that
2: that's where i was going as you're saying this i'm like yep 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 you're anticipating yeah. where or where i want to where i, I want to go right mm-hmm. Is that, uh you know i started blogging in 2007 right so i started going to conferences and so forth and and Facebook was relatively new beyond the, you know, beyond the domain of college students. And then Twitter was getting to be a thing, you know, all of, all of that, that time. And, and I was approaching it from the point of view of business, but the big advice that was being given, and this was it for marketing in general, right. Is, uh, is that, you know, marketing is community, it's are conversations. Really, this mm-hmm. is, there was a thing called the clue train manifesto that all marketing should be a man. It should be a conversation that business should be in conversation with their you know all their stakeholders so particularly with your customers right mm-hmm. and so how instead of one way Seth Godin's talking about this you know the two-way communication right instead of pushing just pushing out like you say if you're on if you have a press conference and you have a schedule you're pushing it out right? right so suddenly we had the opportunity to engage the other way we the viewer the consumer the the audience mm-hmm. the you know, the voter the, the voter right could mm-hmm. talk back right And so, like you say, the Obamas handled that very well in the campaign. But when they got, you know, all the chapters there where she talks about being in the bubble, when they got in the bubble, they had to lock that down. Right. And in part because they could be they could be tracked. Right. You still Mm -hmm. can be. And so, you know, how do they keep. You know, how did they keep from being, from letting this be an open, being open and particularly even the the, 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 iPhone, you couldn't have an iPhone because of security issues and all this kind of thing. Right. Right. And so they really couldn't engage, but at Trump now he's sort of, you know, flipped, you know, thumbed his nose, mm-hmm. even at the security issues, we won't go into that, but it doesn't appear to me that he's having conversations. He's it's, it's still not a two-way override. conversation, no, right?
1: He's just pumping it out, pumping it but out. But you know, but even though he's not taking the information in, you can still see he's responding to it because some of the things that he responds to, you're like, okay, that's not that's not even the priority right now. So you know mm-hmm. the two-way conversations is still there. He's still receiving the information. He just doesn't, you know, uh, give credit to where he gets it from or or what he was. And you see what he's talking about. And then you go like, well, who is he responding to? What is he responding to?" Mm-hmm. And so you don't know. And that's that's the whole thing with this. But um, we wanna we want to get to a topic, couple topics. Yeah. Here. I mean, um, <laughs> I, just just that's how we start out. Just like. This is what's going on around us and how how we got here. Um, thankfully, through this book, we're able to we're able to go back and see how our first lady dealt with all of this. And it, it, like I said, it's been a saving grace to me because there were some things I did not understand about the administration. Things that you know, everybody, based on how you voted. There were things you wanted to become a priority and so forth. And uh, and looking at what our what what our first lady and first ladies have to deal with now, I have a new level of respect. And I know mm-hmm. people get sensitive when you say you now have a mm-hmm. level of respect for something. First lady, first lady mm-hmm. had to deal with that. Somebody else the other day, there was a young woman, uh, there was a headline uh where a young woman said, "Oh, I now know what it means to, you know, and so everybody always goes, well, "Now you know." But I don't want to mm-hmm. say, "Now I know," but now I have a love because the same the questions that I needed answers to, we can get those during their during during their time in the White House. And she fully addresses that in in the in, in the book. The one thing that um we we're going to give you some sound bites from the book today is I wanted to know more about her circle. I wanted to know what she was drawing from, the confidence, you know, where is that? Where is that mm-hmm. coming from? Um, how she was dealing with what people were saying? Because um, when, we, when we we're talking about otherness, togetherness, the sameness, otherness, I didn't hear that word in the, that context until she started describing it in the book and how people would, even though she was trying to serve the country as the first lady, th- th- people kept bringing up her otherness you know, that she's, she's tall, okay, mm-hmm. uh, that she has hips, that she's showing her arms, um, that she, you know, is educated, that she, and, and me, and, and, and all first ladies are, but you don't really get, this was the first time we really got to see, no, not the first time because you had Hillary, you had it's like, but even in that, yeah, it was an otherness to her. Where it's, it's like as much as she was the same as all of our first ladies, let's start there. As much as she was the same, she was, she, once she's married to a man with such political aspirations mm-hmm. that he became president of the United States. That's the sameness, mm-hmm. right? Okay. But yet the otherness kept coming through. But they're this, but they're that, but they're this, but they're that. And, and even that is the sameness because I think back when Reagan became president, they kept trying to say this was the Irish. This is an Irish guy. This is an Irish victory. It's an Irish. This. He took a lot of slack because he didn't celebrate the Irish holidays the way you know he mm-hmm. didn't make the country realize you know the the the, the Irish heritage as much as <laughs> they wanted to, right? And but yeah. nobody, you know, we don't we don't bring that out. And the same thing with all of so that sameness, okay, is still we kept getting caught up on the otherness and how she dealt with that um that's what I, I those are the lessons from if if there's ever any lessons in becoming michelle obama those are the lessons that i need because i have had to at times spend my life in places where i'm there because we're the same but you keep pointing out my otherness last week we had somebody jump on mm-hmm. and my otherness like came right i'm like You did you realize how far it took me back right i'm like Wow, okay. Mm -hmm. Even though we're all out here taking technology to the best of its levels, you he came right in and said, But your otherness is you got it double. (laughs) Doubly bad. And I'm like, but I'm still in I'm still in the same space as everybody else. You know? And you're not looking at the fact that I I even though you say I have it doubly bad, we're all right here together. And that, and we could, we, and we never throughout that whole conversation got to that point. Did we, or did we not?
2: No, it's and that. And I think that that, I think that you summed it up very well there when you said you're expecting, you're going into places where you expect to connect on the sameness Mm -hmm. and instead your otherness is pointed out to you. You're Mm -hmm. not pointing out your own otherness, right? Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. there's a, I think there's an important lesson in that. I mean, I had to think about that interchange all week, really, because there's a lot in it. And I thought, well, you know, there's a there, you, you know, how do you be respectful, right? Because you want to be respectful of, of, of people who have differences or whatever. But I'm like, yeah, but you don't have to be the one that says, hey, you're different. You've got to listen. And, and, and it's like, let other people, let, you know, there are through and other, but, you know, honor and dignify people. People will tell you if, mm-hmm. you, if there's some difference that needs to be addressed, right? Mm. Lead with the sameness, right? Lead with where we are in the same space, right? And so I think this is so interesting about Michelle Obama to say she came in to the experience of being a political wife, Mm -hmm. thinking how she was the same as other working women, working Mm -hmm. moms, you know, two career families, right? Mm -hmm. She's thinking that she's going to go out and she's like, my dad, you know, worked for the, the, you know, worked his whole life. He had an illness. My mom was a housewife supported the family. She's looking and saying, surely people are going to connect with me because that's how I connect with other." She connected with other people. Right. Mm-hmm. It's how I was a, you know, we were a working class family and I worked really hard and I got a scholarship. And yet she got hammered, like I say, down, picked apart mm-hmm. down to like, is her arm showing? Right. Right. Over difference instead of saying this massive area where she's reaching out to people and saying, look how we're the same. And I think that to me is what we were talking about last week too, is we come into a space thinking we're going to be, you know, I, I think about this in business events, right? And I'm coming in and I'm thinking I'm gonna be treated as a as a as an entrepreneur, as a person in business. And then I get treated like a little, hey little lady, pat, pat, pat by men in a room. Mm-hmm. Boom. Right. Mm. Boom. Right. Now I'm, they say, now I'm instantly separate. Right. So I think exactly. that, 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 you know, that, 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 that's it. And that what Michelle Obama tried to do with this book, right. Is by sharing her unique story. There's a whole thing in, you know, storytelling that the personal is universal, right. Is mm-hmm. that sometimes you think something that happened to you is extremely personal and it probably is, but usually it represents a universal experience of joy, of pain, of loss, of you know of desire right mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so this is what she's done here right so that now we can go oh my god guess what i'm same as, as michelle All
1: right? look at how we're the same that's and that's the, and that's the that hope yeah that's yeah. the hope that you want is that we we come through this through saying this but in that the otherness kept coming up everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, our First Lady, one thing we've learned throughout from it is the book is broken down into like three areas uh, where she was her, her, in her youth. Uh, and then the two of them becoming together. And then, of course, becoming more, which is where we spend a lot of time in, the, in those later chapters, because that's when we came to know them uh, on the campaign trail. And then, of course, becoming the first president and first lady. Um, so everybody loves that part of the book, but there's, there is, um, there is the, the process of who she became started very early on. And one thing that in a world of otherness, where she found her sameness was in her sister friends and her girlfriends in her circle. And it resonated starting at chapter four. It went on, um, Throughout her college days, and then throughout um, marriage and starting a young family, and especially in the White House, because even though she was trying to be, you know, the same, and I, and I, I think she did very well trying to um, address, you know, and and show a part of herself to try and resonate with everybody, because you have to, and, because what you hear every day was, well, was well, there the president and first lady for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we found that she oftentimes had to go back with the, her group. I like the one quote um, that we're, I'm going to play where she talked about her hips. Like The, the woman is, is tall and is statuesque. I'm going to use that word. She's statuesque and she walks in a room and yes, you're going to notice mm-hmm. her arms, her shoulders, and those hips, okay? And I love that she had a circle that she could go into where everybody had those hips. So therefore, it didn't stand out. You know, I just, I just love that camaraderie and to know that she had that. Because we didn't see a lot of that throughout the administration. You didn't see or you didn't hear about, oh, well, you know, the first lady is going, you know, she's taking a trip or she's taking a, a plane, a girlfriend's, or, or the um, friends are coming to stay at the White House or in proximity of the White House. And, and so we, we didn't hear a lot about that. Now we can imagine why. Because people mm-hmm. would have lost their minds Mm -hmm. to know that she needed to go and have her camaraderie with people that she had absolute same sameness Mm -hmm. with uh so let's go ahead and get started on playing a couple of these clips uh the first one starts out is the one that starts out i learned let me bring that up because i got on my headset so you guys can hear that in fact let me get the volume going on that and then i'll get that played for you guys and again guys uh, you're catching this. If you're catching this live, uh, you will catch it replay. and syndicated across all platforms right after this. Hold on.
0: I've learned many years earlier to hold my true friends close. I was still deeply connected to the group of women who had started gathering for Saturday playdates years earlier, back in our diaper bag days in Chicago, when our children blithely pitched food from their high chairs and all of us were so tired we wanted to weep. These were the friends. Who'd held me together, dropping off groceries when I was too busy to shop, picking up the girls for ballet when I was behind on work or just needing a break. A number of them had hopped planes to join me for unglamorous stops on the campaign trail, giving me emotional ballast when I needed it most. Friendships between women, as any woman will tell you, are built of a thousand small kindnesses like these, swapped back and forth and over again.
1: I love that the, uh, kindness. Mm-hmm. Showing, showing some kindness. I think we go through our days, and I, and I don't think anybody can deny this. Um, we we search for kindness. We look for kindness. Mm-hmm. Kindness. I know when I encounter true kindness, it gives me pause. I have to like stop, like whoa, mm-hmm. because we are always. On, I know I'm always on guard, and in mm-hmm. this political climate and things that are happening in our world today. Um, and I know for me, you know, I've been out of my circle of friends or, or cohorts or people that I have things in common with. Um, I haven't been able to, you know, to travel and, and to go to the groups and the networks, you know, all of that stuff. So when I when I see it and I experience it, it's we have gotten to the world where that is, that is something that's different. You've got to search for that. You've got to protect mm-hmm. it, you know? And protecting it. Let's can we just talk about talk about that? Because she had to. Did you hear her say friends would hop planes and come and meet her on the campaign trail? She Uh had to protect that because she was under fire. And so can you imagine if you saw somebody who also looked like her that Mm -hmm. was her best friend? Can you imagine if you knew the first lady had a best friend? Can you (laughs) like she had to protect that?
2: She really did. And so not only did she have to protect herself, right? She had to protect her friends, right? Her friends, not in her daughters and her daughter's and her, Right. And her mom and this is her whole circle, her mm-hmm. support group. She, not, she needed a support group, but she had to, to help her and protect her. But she had to protect them because, like you say, even in this. So we're, uh, we're in Chapter 22 for anybody who's following along. That, mm-hmm. that was on page 361, if you have the book um there's a whole big section in here where she talks she's talking about her friends and sort of her experience of friends uh and friendship during the presidency but um you know it, 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 and like you said we didn't read this is not something that we that we really knew about right we learned after the fact and in fact there's a there's a quote a little later I don't know that we're going to get to it but she talks about being rigorous about friendship mm-hmm. and that she had to go through hoops right mm-hmm. and and as she progressed through this her her ability to connect became more and more constrained and constricted mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and so they keep telling her nope you got to bring it in nope and you that, she, she describes it as the bubble got to get the bubble but now the bubble's got to get smaller and smaller and smaller and who gets to be in the bubble because they have to be able to protect her the kids right, right. the president and the people who enter the bubble right mm-hmm. so when you, I think this is a place where you and I resonate a lot of having been through circumstances, uh, some related to caregiving, some related to other things, mm-hmm. where we go through expansion and contraction in our own network, right? Right. And this right. is typical, right? In anything in life, you know, you 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 breathe, you know, breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out, expand, contract. Mm-hmm. And so when so she has had to to aggressively. Create this this group and protect it through what really was a personal a you know a a a global expansion but a personal contraction. But she ba- but she had to find the people like you say with these thousand small kindnesses because in the paragraph prior to this she talks about trying to teach the children how to spot folks who were thirsty, which cracks me up,
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and that they had. And think about think about little kids having to worry about hangers on and groupies and people who are just trying to what, worm that's their where, way. That's into where there. it
1: starts. Yeah. See, I think we we forget about that, but that's really where this thing starts. Because in the first, you know, years of socialization, you know, that's where all of this stuff is formulated that you literally carry on the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. If you can't negotiate those relationships, mm-hmm. right? Then you can't negotiate as when you become an adult. Because I'm sorry, anybody out there that doesn't know, you literally spend the rest of your life dealing with some of the very same things you dealt with as a child. Mm-hmm. And if, if there's anything you want to go back and fix, it usually will go back to that. So let's just kind of go through go through these so we make sure we get them in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the second one is where she talked about. Listen, with all this stuff going on, she still had to do some things for me. Hold on.
0: My friends tend to be accomplished, overcommitted people, many of them busy with family lives and heavy-duty jobs. I understood it wasn't always easy for them to get away, but this was part of the point. We were all so used to sacrificing for our kids, our spouses, and our work. I had learned through my years of trying to find balance in my life that it was okay to flip those priorities and care only for ourselves once in a while. I was more than happy to wave this banner on behalf of my friends to create the reason and the power of tradition for a whole bunch of women to turn to kids, spouses and colleagues and say, sorry, folks,
1: I'm doing this for me. I like that she talked about traditions there. That was one of mm-hmm. the how to get out of bed podcast. What mm-hmm. uh, we did this week was traditions and, and, and the only thing that makes you break with traditions are the other things that you tolerate. And mm. so, you know, and this that's just that's just why I love this book. And I will always keep it around and keep playing and keep going back and keep reading it because it just reinforces. And there was a, the, another part I, that she said, I think it was I think it was in her thing where and I, I think you said something to it, too, where things could be going on and you think it's just you. Mm-hmm. you think it's it's just happening to you but yet you know you realize it's like wait a minute oh this is really just a thing that happens in life everybody is dealing with this no matter where they are whether you're in the White House you're in your own house or wherever you are on the spectrum these things happen and I think we need you need your friends you need your circle you need to be able to, because the thing that upsets me about social media is we see these things down our timeline. We see people going through this and that and the other thing. And especially, at, I'm going to say especially as I hate to, but I'm going to bring it to the sameness. Women, things that are happening to women and at a point where we as women can't seem to relate to that. Some women are dealing with this. Some women are dealing with mm-hmm. that. When we can't relate beyond who we are and offer up those those, those uh, kindness gestures you know, mm-hmm. that's when society is, is becomes crippled. You know what I mean? To me, yes, I'm, I'm, yeah, okay. And this yes. year we're gonna do one more, and then we'll finish yeah. up. Um, mm-hmm. Made me whole. Her friends yeah. made her whole. That's a good one. Hold up, on. yeah. My friends
0: made me whole, as they always have and always will. They gave me a lift any time I felt down or frustrated or had less access to Barack. They grounded me when I felt the pressures of being judged having everything from my choice of nail polish color to the size of my hips dissected and discussed publicly. And they helped me ride out the big unsettling waves that sometimes hit without notice.
1: Wow. Now I, that kind of took me back when she talked about when she had less access uh, to her husband, Mm -hmm. who is the president who she shares a residence with, but, you know, he's got to go on a foreign trip or he's got to be in the war room or he's got to be uh, I, there was a I don't, I don't. I think I was just listening. Um, remember, she talked about being first lady and president, that there are, are these um, notebooks that come to them each night. Right. Mm-hmm. That kind of summarize their day and, and, and the task they have before them. And, and all the planning that goes on. You know, I know we as the American people, you know, you turn on, you like the president is here, the first lady is there, and we think it all just happens that day, but we don't think about all the planning and all the people. Like she talks about when, how she had to move around and, and trying to go places and not cause a stir mm-hmm. just because she wants to do just a simple thing and so forth. But to know, you know, that, well, one, we, we just didn't, so much we did not know So when you are reading this book, it's almost like you want to know about her because, you know, everybody loved her as a first lady. But you also get these glimpses to the other side of the White House because a lot of the books that are out there, they're based on the presidential experience. You know, the experience Mm -hmm. of the president, the experience of running the White House, the experience of politics and governing. But yet this one G- gave us a glimpse in you know it's like wait she's talking about this but wait she just mentioned that and that ties to this and that ties to that so you you really get kind of a um a 360 you know and it makes you want to know about other things so it makes you want anticipate the next book it makes you anticipate mm-hmm. other other books and things like that I think you know but the one thing I think and I don't know that we truly know what their legacy is going to be because you know their presidential library and all of those things that come after you've been president uh, has yet to be you know we it's not it's not done yet it's not open yet so we don't really know it's not fermented yet with their legacy of course they had to decide what it was going to be but I'd like for it to be this thing of sameness I'm I'm so glad we discovered. That part of the context of this book, mm-hmm. because that was, for me, um some of the most eye opening. And, and if anything has caused a true change in me personally, mm-hmm. it is it is that it is that I'm able to look at things because, you know, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of staunch and strict on what I believe and mm-hmm. the narratives that I put out each and every. because there was a story that was shared of
0: tremendous
1: right but when people hear that they think well we've had so many crises we've had so many epidemics and yet we see that this one, the approach to it, the it is it, not hasn't been called. I don't know hasn't been called a war yet.
2: Uh, Yolanda, the, the very Are we first in a part war on
1: on opioids yet. Yeah, the, the very first part of your story there got cut off. There's... Yeah, there. Can you hear me? There I was think a little. She, she might have muted. Um, oh. So we we have this crisis, and yet we have where people. Somebody posted where a mother had lost two sons. In a span of a twenty-four hour, I may have to Angela. I think I either I lost you or you had to mute. Uh, let me know if we need to drop me. Yeah, can you, you back can. on, back up? Let me see. Can you goes. hear me, Yolanda? Okay. So right. my question is, when I saw that, and I saw that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Yes, yeah, she did. We did, we did lose her. She'll come back. When I saw a friend post it, and one of, and the friend that posted it. Is probably one of the most empathetic young women out there. She's also a mama as well. But when I saw that she posted and talking about the opioid crisis, um, she couldn't share a moment of empathy with the mother who had the loss simply because of the number of mothers that we have talked about over the years who have experienced a loss of sons due to a number of other issues and crises that Angela, if you can hear me, you might want to go out and come back in so we can bring you back up so that we can wrap this up. I hate to end it and you can't get back on. Um, And I hope hope her phone didn't die. Um, So when I saw that, that brought me back to this book. It brought me back to Michelle Obama's words. It brought me back to that otherness here in a moment where we should have had absolute sameness here in a moment. And I know, We should have absolute sameness. And and I don't know if it's because some of us, we don't want to be the one all the time extending the olive branch or extending the empathy, you know, and and, and especially as black women, we're oftentimes the ones extending the empathy to everybody is, I don't know if that's a natural thing. I don't know if that's just something we're born to do, but it just seems to be something that we do. Let me see, add Angela, let's see. I'm gonna try, I think it's there. It's trying to add her back this county down, so I think she may be back with us. Let's see. Okay. The, there we okay, go. There okay. we go. Yeah. I saw it. It didn't give me a notification. I just saw the one there, and I was like, "Oh, maybe that's it." All yeah, right. Yeah, we go. It
2: was. It was. We were having a little bit of a technical difficulty there, Yolanda. The very first part of your story broke up. I know the story, so just to catch people up, you're talking about a story that was on about the opioid crisis. What? Right. Right. That was that was in the news today. So I just you know, I think it was clear there, but it broke up. my I, I was dropping out when that was breaking up. So continue, though, about uh, this, oh, this okay. burden on black women to, you know, to well, be. Well, the thing about it, it.
1: was I, I was saying I saw a young a young woman who's also a mother share the story. And so my when I saw a woman lost two sons, I'm like, whoa. But then I looked at her description, her how she commented. The commentary she added to the article was, "But oh, now we're concerned with people because people are making the contrast uh. between the the crack era, the that era of people losing the community, and then and what's going on now with the opioid So it, there's a there's some divisiveness. Some it's we're divided. And here, this young woman, I know her to be one of the most empathetic people out there, and I'm like, wow, if she can't relate to this." then mm-hmm. we're in trouble, right? That, that mm-hmm. was my thought process. If we can't relate to, if we can't, if we can't relate in this sense of loss that we have to say, and, and, like, it's, as almost as if you said to me, you know, you, you have a bandage and I'm going, oh, what happened there? And it's a burn or whatever, right? And I'm like, and, and I, you expect me to be concerned, but then I'm, I'm giving a thought, well, I was wearing one last week and got nothing, right? You know, right. So that's where we are. And I was asking if in the opioid crisis, is it called a war on opioids or anything like that now? Mm-hmm. Because we, when you get to a point in a society where we cannot, we cannot feel the loss of a mom who lost two sons, I think it said in the span of 24 hours, mm-hmm. to this opioid crisis. Um, and, and I'll probably end up getting some pushback. Why are you being empathetic to this story when we had... Because let me tell you, nobody knows and I'm not going to say nobody knows. But I, w- I was around I was, I was blogging in the '90s and, and, and had to deal with a lot of these stories, and communities just losing people to this, right? Mm-hmm. And, but in this comparison, and I don't know what the entity is that br- is bringing the otherness really to the table into this conversation, you know and that, that's where I'm trying to find out who is well, really bringing this otherness forward because it's still an, it's still a, a, a terrible loss. Well, and and
2: let's just on a on a high level, right, mm-hmm. on the thirty thousand foot level, who wins from us staying divided, right? Exactly. And this would be politicians, right? We mm-hmm. we've, we've got a political co- climate that is based on division, right? Right. It's, this is like uh, red state, blue state, but it's you know it's we we're and we and we keep pull, pulling into those separations. Um, And I'm not saying that there's not reasons to be divided and that we have divisive opinions, you know, and there's things that I'm not, I'm, I'm with you. I got uh, staunch opinions that I probably won't budge on. Right. Mm -hmm. However, that's being fed, right. We're feeding, feeding, feeding that, that because this is how you get money and and how politicians get power and they get money. Right. Mm. All of our platforms, right. Are click Mm -hmm. driven, click Mm -hmm. views, click views. This is again, to say something that is going to get people riled up, is going to get them to share it, right? And to wow. share it is money. Money, money, money. People making money, right? The media makes money when you click, when you turn it on, when you watch a thing, right? And they're and all of these are businesses and they're corporations that are driven by a demand for more money, more money, more money. And so this is where all the ethics then start to go out the window. We didn't used to be this way, especially you and I, you know, I can remember journalism in the time of, of you know, Walter Cronkite, maybe, you know, where mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the journalists sort of set above everybody else and were, were supposed to not that they necessarily were right. But this idea of partisan journalism, um, was less, was less of a thing. But now all these, you know, all the media companies are owned by giant conglomerates mm-hmm. and they have to earn money for that conglomerate you know, so ABC is part of Disney. ABC News got to make money like Disney make money, right? Right, and they so, all make
1: their money manipulating the emotions. So it's benefiting them mm-hmm. to, to for us to have beef over. Oh, you're experiencing something that we've already experienced, and we didn't come together then, so we're not going to come together now. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah. So, uh, so understanding mm-hmm. that there's legitimate wrong. And unfairness Ooh. and injustice has been done in this country historically, right? Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And that has
2: not been recognized. Okay, base that's we're coming. We we this is not denying that sort of systemic injustice, right? And so you know, you go to the you know to the Lynch Museum. I can never remember the the, the full title of it. The Lynch mm-hmm, Museum. Mm-hmm. There is an injustice, right? And right. We have and to they, address don't even, that. they don't even they
1: don't even want to call it the Lynch Memorial, no, and- Which is uh, but it's. It's the... Uh, justice uh, and Reconciliation. Memori- Memorial for Justice, Justice and Human
2: Something. It- is it Reconciliation, I think, is the, is the, is the title and uh, something, right? It's, but justice, right? And so it's like, yeah. There, and I think it's interesting to say, this is to say, we've got to look at places where there's been injustice and we're mm-hmm. going to address justice. And so this is, I think that's in- incredibly correct to say, okay, in the past when this was happening to certain groups, and there was injustice and nobody paid attention and now it's happening over here. It's to recognize that. But then if we start to strip away the, the like you say, the, the empathy that is in there and the human emotion of it to say, but can't I for a moment say, here's a mother who lost two children, right? Right. Right. And, and maybe like you say, you're the mother who lost two children and nobody gave you any sympathy that, or any empathy, right? That doesn't mm-hmm. mean that uh, that kindness needs to be stripped away. Kindness and justice can ex- coexist, and, and I feel it, like. And
1: how long are we going to go where we can't point out the fact that well, everybody should have just been kind, and it's the National Memorial for Peace and Justice. That's Thank what you, it's Peace called. and Justice. I th- somehow I had reconciliation. in <laughs> <Why? laughs> and, 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 and it's the National Memorial for Peace and Justice. But the, when you, the minute you walk past that sign, then you get the real true breakdown where they tell you why they're even calling it that and that's probably mm-hmm. where you're getting the reconciliation because it's in the context of um, right when you walk in as you walk in there are these p- these pillars that mm-hmm. kinda explain the whole the whole movement of the whole memorial and so forth. But yeah I, I couldn't get that either the National Memorial for Peace and Justice. Yeah. Yeah. Because we don't want to say lynching. That's right, because it's it's really not about,
2: I mean, it's part of the experience, but it's really about a greater story, right? Mm -hmm, And it's not about mm -hmm. looking, it's not about looking back and saying, oh, isn't it bad that that happened, right? It's about seeing how this is part of a continuing process. Yes. And that how do we make it right now in our version of how we're living it? Mm -hmm. And so this is... You know, and so, so yes, understanding. There's a lot of hurt and injustice, and mm-hmm. I, and I completely understand if somebody sees something and they strike out from a place of hurt. That's fine, but you know, then we got to elevate that and to say, okay, um, like you say, we're. Uh, d- I'm like, literally, I I'm stuck on the words because I'm like, there's kindness, but there does, again, reconciliation, there has to be rest- restorative justice, right? Yes. There has yes. to be something that addresses and what that. was wrong. And, and and it's like, and this is where the hurt comes from, right? As you didn't, and it's like we, large swaths of this country have not had that, Uh, you know, where, you know, contrition and reparation. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's a loaded word, but, you know, it's like if somebody, you know, if somebody commits a, a crime, right? Let's say, mm-hmm. you know, like it's a civil crime, right? Mm-hmm. So we're, so I'm going to use the college admission scandal, right? And let's say money people, well, it's actually not a good example, but let's say someone commits a civil crime embezzlement, right? And mm-hmm. they steal money. They may go to jail for that, but usually they have to make restitution to the victim. They're supposed to pay back the money as right. much of it as they can. So here we, and then they do the, then they, there's a, there's a punishment and then they serve their time and they're done, right? So, or supposedly. So where is that? You know, we don't have, this is what people instinctively realize is missing, right? But is you that, know what's coming is that, out okay, of that?
1: You know, where, where, is the, where is the restitution for the damage? Go ahead. Right. But the thing that's coming out of that, instead of, and, we, and let's use the cheating scandal, and then I also want to uh, go back to the fact of, of how our presidency changed hands, because while we were so close, to that, you know, then we had to change hands, and everything went totally a different direction. What I'm seeing, instead of dealing with the cheating situation, you know, with with where it is, there are people out there who will not celebrate their honors simply because I was watching a, a late night talk show, and the gentleman was on there, and they said, "Hey, listen, your daughter is graduating." He's like, "Yeah, I almost don't want to say it, right?" Mm. It's like, I mean, think about it. We're in the height of graduation right now. Uh, next week, we're going to see you. Mm-hmm. You better believe they are going to be 20 different grad. They're going to usher us in and usher us out. And they're going to be probably a graduation before and a graduation after. Exactly. The, the, the reaction to the cheating scandal is not that we persecute or prosecute those who did the wrong. Those who did it right are going quiet. Those mm-hmm. who who honorably... Got into these institutions and and made their way through their institutions, whether you know they had to struggle or whether it, everything was laid out before them. They are the ones that are going going quiet on this. We we have people. There are people out there who are not going to post about their graduation because mm-hmm. they don't want to. They don't want to get any kind of pushback as if they didn't earn it. Mm-hmm. So here we have somebody who, who just a couple of what it was like forty of them or so mm-hmm. caught up in this mm-hmm. thing. You know, because we know, even though this one was about forty, it represents, as we always say, you know, that small simply does represent represent a larger body. But the good is about to suffer with the bad because now you have people who don't want to go out and, and say, "Hey, listen, I'm graduating," or you know, "I'm going high," I'm leaving high school, getting ready to go to college, and I've got X amount of dollars in scholarships now. All of that is getting ready to go quiet. It's getting ready to go mute. Too oftentimes, mm-hmm. the good has to mute itself because of how loud the bad is. That's, that's a very good that's, point. That's really sad. I mean, I this young man that was on television, <clears throat> one, he, you know, he he was an actor, and uh, and and the um uh, interviewer was asking him, you know, knowing his daughter's like, hey, your daughter's graduating this year. And he and he was like, I don't want to say. You mm-hmm. know, he's like, can we even talk about that? How do we get to a point where we can't even celebrate and talk about that? That's crazy. And that's where we are. And that's when we look back on becoming Michelle Obama and her book and other books of other first ladies and, and so forth and the transition of our governing bodies. We've got to figure out the legacy out of it's uh, got to stand that the good can can do better than the bad.
2: Mm hmm. And it, I, I totally, I think that's a, such a good point. And to say, don't mute your successes, right? And there was, you know, there's been this sort of blowback on kids of color who get into multiple colleges and they collect all these, you know, they have a million dollars of scholarships and they're filming them, you know, their joy. And, you know, there's been the same, well, you know. And just, the first what? thing
1: people go, why would you apply to that many schools? Well, mm-hmm. there's an app for that. Yeah. Okay. Well, and, because we live in public now, people can can find you. They can, we should be excited about. And you. why shouldn't we be able? Why shouldn't people be able to
2: shop for their college education and see who where they can get? You know, are you going to get a good offer? I mean, this is. I mean, to me, it's like good. Do it right. And, but it's, but in like, can we celebrate that instead of, again, being instantly critical and saying, well, why is this and why is this and why is this, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that to your point is that, but what I love is that kids keep sharing that, right? They keep sharing their their success. And, uh, you know, and, but I did, I saw a girl who had, and she had one of these where she had a lot of, had been accepted to a lot of schools and had a lot of, a lot of scholarships and people had been posting ugly
1: things on her Mm -hmm. Twitter or whatever. And, and it's like, Let's not do that, right? But it's, it's because, like you said, it's because of the clicks. It's because mm-hmm. of things that that manipulate emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, that, that something like that, it bodes well for, break bring, bring it down, it bodes well for the social media platform. So, because if you think about it, why are they exposing that story? It's because it's getting clicks. It's because it's getting Absolutely. Likes. It's because they're able to serve more advertising. Because that person is probably like, why are all these, how are all these people seeing my post? You know, right? Mm-hmm. I, I had a post the other day had 1,099 shares, 1,099 shares. Wow. Okay. There are only a couple of hundred people on the page. Right. Um, and none of the other posts, nothing before that, nothing behind that received any kind of residual from this this audience right there's i couldn't find any rhyme or any reason um with the except of the fact of when it started when the post started doing well it served the platform better than it served me Mm -hmm. to expose it to more and more people Mm -hmm. so yeah here was something that went viral and yes i have some amazing numbers on it you know you think 1000 shares a uh, hundred thousand people saw this, and I think it was one of my one of my recipes or or something to the, of that matter, right? But there's no there was no rhyme or reason. It manipulated, it manipulated something in people, whether they wanted to. And I, and luckily, it was all positive um, feedback. But it was nothing that I can now put in my now put in my social media the scheme of things, right, and say, oh, unless I wanted to do more of this and more of that, you know, but it's just something that manipulated something and the platform took full advantage of it and exposed it to more people. They got a chance to make more money off of it.
2: Well, and, you know, this really, to me, ties back around to my favorite takeaway from the book, right, Mm -hmm. which is Michelle Obama was a child, I'm like, She could have been my best, you know, I'm like, we could have been best friends, right? I'm like, talk about saying this, who really just wanted to do good. She wanted to be good. She wanted to do well. She wanted people to like her. She wanted to succeed, right? And she spent most of her life, up until they entered politics, getting that kind of feedback. You're a good student. You're, you know, you're a good mom. You're a good wife. You're good at your job. Now we're going to hire you for another job, right? You're Mm -hmm. good at this job. She was used to that, right? And then she got into an arena where nothing she did nothing. was right, right? There was, of course, there was always people that were going to say, good job. And she talks about you know, her, her gospel chorus, her cheerleaders. You know, she's, she uses this, her gospel choir, right? I thought it was her hallelujah choir. But she had people that were telling her, you're doing good, you're doing good, right? And I'm sure that told her if she wasn't. But now she's in this position that, and then she tries. this, nothing she says or does or wears, right? Or how she holds her, how she bumps her fist or how she looks at her eyes or her Mm -hmm. card, nothing. There's always going to be somebody who is attacking her. Right. And that she learned as, as a person who's basically like a people pleaser, really, she learned to build up a hard enough skin to say, I know myself. Mm. I know my intention. And I know I'm doing the best I can. And if I make a mistake, I'll address it. But otherwise, I've got to stand in me, right? I've got to stand in my own voice, in my own power, and the way I have decided to do this shit, right? <laughs> and, and it's like, uh, this is how she was going to take care of her kids. This is how she was going to go be in the White House. This is how she was going to go to Target, right? She sneak. I, never, I always appreciate going to Target, right? She's going <laughs> to sneak off to Target. But she's like, she had to learn to say, It doesn't matter what I do. There's going to be people who attack me in the ugliest, worst Mm -hmm. ways. And yes, it hurts. And I'm going to have to to heal those wounds. But it did not sway her from saying, here's my core value system. And I'm just going to do what I got to do to be as excellent. See, she's excellent. As excellent as I can in this circumstance and recognize Mm. that it's about that, right? And I think that's the thing for me. I've always wanted to make sure everybody was happy and I wanted to just do, mm-hmm. do the right thing. And, you know, when, you, when, you're, when you're a public speaker, when you're in groups, even doing this kind of stuff, you, you're constantly thinking, all right, how do I express what I'm trying to say? And I want to, you know, get the meaning across and I want to make sure people understand and I don't want to offend. Guess what? Somebody's going to hear what you said. Maybe you'll say something offensive. Maybe I'll say something offensive. May, but, you know, people may un- misunderstand me. That doesn't mean that i should be quiet right that doesn't mean oh, that you should be quiet yes. right that means that you should be open to listen mm-hmm. open to listen and then you there is a point where you will have to decide hmm, did i do something that is that needs to be addressed right maybe maybe i shouldn't have applied to 50 colleges right or is it that you know no it is my right and privilege to apply to 50 colleges. And get into 50 colleges and share that success. And anybody Mm -hmm. who doesn't like it can go pound sand, right? And let me me not get too, I've already cursed once, right? It's like, (laughs) it's to say, and that's okay for me. And it's a shame that we have to build these, build up thicker skin. But part of your thing, if we live in public, we're we're, we're, everything, you know, we are, if Mm -hmm. we're going to take it, there's so many benefits from this Mm -hmm. that to take advantage of it we're just going to have to learn. And if anything, there is a blessing in that and that it teaches us to be our, to really get grounded in ourselves, and to not be in this. Like there's a point where you're just going to have to
1: say, this is me. I'm doing the best I can. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And our first lady left us so many lessons because she had to do it in the extreme public. And I was looking, I was looking, as you were talking to looking down the list of all the different clips and Uh, I have one here that's just like nine seconds. I want to play it, but I don't want to play it if it doesn't fit. But let's just see. Yeah. Let me see. I think there is... What did I do with it? Let me see. Be myself. I think it's called Be Myself. Mm -hmm. As
0: we planned my public appearances, Stephanie counseled me to play to my strengths Mm -hmm. and to remember the things I most enjoy talking about, which was my love for my husband and kids, my connection with working mothers, and my proud Chicago roots she recognized that I like to joke around and told me not to hold back with my humor. It was okay. In other words,
1: to be myself. Mm. That's, that's what this thing is. And we've got to figure out how to be ourselves. We've got to Mm -hmm. figure out how to find some empathy, uh, some kindness. My, again, my biggest takeaway from the book is watching our first lady, even though, she had no clue that her life was on this trajectory. But yet and still, you know, she always had a goal in mind. She always had things that she was working towards and nothing. I don't think she did anything haphazardly. Like, you know how people say, oh, I just happened to be this. Mm -hmm. I happened to be that. I don't think I I don't think we discovered any of that in this Mm -mm. book. She was meticulous
0: uh, (laughs) all
1: throughout life from that from the spelling bee, uh, on, on until, you know, and just, she was just, I think she was meticulous. And uh, I just, I'm so glad that the book uh, did come out because like you said, after the that after the administration, you're know, having to depend on in our day, because there's going to be a, there's going to be a generation that, that will not have to depend on the news cycle uh, to get information about, about people, places, and things. Um, but because of this news cycle, the way it was then, There was so much um, to know that she had her circle of friends, the people that she can call to people that she can truly go into the sameness with her togetherness, Mm -hmm. that that was her togetherness. That's some of my big takeaways and and probably going to propel me uh, to getting back into some circles, you know, because Mm -hmm. I think we do isolate ourselves even though we've got social media and we're public and this that the other i think we still isolate ourselves. i know i do isolate myself Mm -hmm. um too much so that's going to be my takeaway i can't wait to see um what their true legacy really Mm -hmm. becomes um once the the, what is the obama library is that what they're doing yes library yeah once that is up um, and after they finished their respite, I mean, I think right now she's, well, she's on this book tour, but for the most part, she's just kind of enjoying herself, the afterlife of living in the one House, right?
2: Mm-hmm. And boy, do they deserve it. And does she deserve it?
1: Exactly. So what would be your number one takeaway, Ms. Angela? I think that, um,
2: just sort of what I said there, that the, the key to becoming mm. is to really, as you said, to, you have got to know yourself. You have to understand that you will change that things that life will change, but you will change, and to have some sort of process of checking in and making sure that you're in alignment with that, and what mm-hmm. is that process, as you said, it's going to be surrounding yourself with really great people, making good connections, building relationships, nurturing relationships, um, understanding that in that there will be times of expansion and contraction, but mm-hmm. that When you have that, when when you're getting off course, that it's about getting grounded in yourself. And so this to me is, you know, looking at a person who we think looks like they, I mean, she looked like she didn't have a care in the world, right? (laughs) And to say here is somebody who who has experienced stress and pressure and the spotlight at a level, and she was able to navigate it in a way that I feel like. She can look back and say that she's successful, right? There that she feels go. successful. And so that, and I go back to this thing, success is a feeling, right? And that when you're checking into that feeling and then what needs to happen with a plan, right, then whatever you're becoming is going to, you're going to feel successful about it. So that's mm. my takeaway.
1: All right. So um, one, I've always wanted to podcast with Angela, so I'm so glad this is it, and mm-hmm. uh, I can't wait. Next week we're gonna be together, Yay. so you guys will get a chance to see us live. We'll be uh, at the arena, uh, so at this point she and I are gonna start planning what that looks like, what it's gonna sound like, and, and pulling all these all these pieces together. And uh, we're actually gonna be there, and you'll you we'll bring you some of. Uh, again, like I said, we don't know what's going to be available to us in that in the, in the moment, or how we're going to act in that moment. <laughs> we, the, last, the last event we did, like this, we ran into each other, was at the Oprah event. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, but this is this is this has been absolutely awesome and great. So, thank you, Angel, for all that you've done, um, um, bringing the you know helping to bring the topic and and so forth, and and getting this out there. And guys, listen, when I hit the stop button again, we're going to replay it immediately on some other platforms, and also it's going to land on your favorite podcast. So podcast platform. So if you hear it, wherever you're hearing it, if you did not hear it live or come in and engage with us live, uh, definitely check us out on Twitter. She is at Angela Stalkup. Um, Angela spelled the right way. <laughs> and then S-T-A-L-C-U-P. Uh, and I'm at Dryer Buzz on all platforms as well. As last time you had a speaking engagement over at the university, what do yes. you have coming up next besides going to see Michelle Obama? Yes, so we're going to be
2: collecting through our hashtag uh, launch chat. We're going to be collecting some stories from 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 women business owners and uh, just you know professional women on their sort of experience of leadership and success. So going to start looking for our launch chat hashtag, where we're going to to explore this idea, sort of an extension of becoming. But what is success? for you? What is leadership for you? And um, we're going to be just doing it in little snippets. So it'll be little, nice little bite-sized snacks, you know, about maybe 10 minutes of of information. So we'll be looking for that. And, uh, and then we'll see what, uh,
1: what the future holds. So anyway, yeah. So this has been great. Good stuff. And for me, me. I will be back in the kitchen. Um, My daughter wants me to do some chicken Parmesan. Uh, so we're figuring out a a couple of recipes for that uh and that's it i'm i'm gonna take I'm getting ready to take this little bit of a respite and a break uh and get mm-hmm. ready for next week. I'm also testing out some more technologies uh, something that we can use on site when we're there, so I'll be experimenting with that so you guys will see me going live in different places as I um get ready to bring you the best of us uh come Saturday. So that's gonna be awesome and amazing. And again, thank you, Angela, for inviting DryerBus to come along. All right, guys, that's it. Say goodbye. All right, Bye. Angela, catch you next time. Yes, Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.
0: Go now to dryerbus.com and follow at dryerbuzz on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's all about the buzz.